For the lack of favorite rock to talk about, what's your favorite stunt? Yes, we will discuss our favorite One stunts. One of your favorite stunts. But I, There's so many. I would venture to say this is just going to simply turn into a conversation where we just list stunts mm-hmm. that are awesome. I say that's a fair assumption. And uh, I'll just kick us off the fucking stunt from Maniac Cop 2. Where the person's hanging out the side of the car, handcuffed to the steering wheel, somehow driving, somehow hurtling down the interstate, by themselves. This fucking stunt was insane. Or what about Maniac Cop 1 and 2, the very ending of 1. Exactly. I wanted to name that one, but it's almost less impressive. (laughs) Honestly. It's crazy. They crash the fucking truck. It's like an ambulance-sized truck, and they crash it off of a pier with a guy just hanging off the side of it. And he damn near gets hit by this fucking truck. Like, a couple more inches to the right, and he just gets sucked under the fucking truck and dies. No saving a motherfucker when they have a truck land on them, no matter how in the water they are. Maniac Cop and the subsequent sequels are filled to the edges with fucking ridiculous stunts. There's even one, like, it's not that... I mean, it was impressive to me. It's not crazy impressive, but there's one in Maniac Cop 2 where the guy... Hurdles himself through a window, falls like 20 feet, lands on a truck, falls off that truck, lands on the fucking ground. And it's just one continuous shot of him just throwing himself basically 60 feet. So nobody's going to talk about the, uh, the, the full twi- body burn? Oh no, I was going to talk about... I said nobody's going to talk about the Twilight Zone helicopter stunt? Oh uh, no, that's not cool, man. <laughs> no, I also wasn't going to bring up the triple X stunt where the guy got annihilated by the bridge. <laughs> okay, you have to exclude anything with a helicopter... Because those guys died. Yeah. They, <laughs> they all died. No helicopter stunt has ever been pulled off. <laughs> or at the very least, get their fucking feet cut off. Fuck yes, dude. Just a minor foot removal. No big deal. Dude, how about we both saw that fucking helicopter <laughs> on fucking James Bond movie Steven's watching, and he's like, this helicopter's dangerous as fuck. He Googles it. Yeah, somebody's foot got cut off by that helicopter. <laughs> Just typical. Just your normal everyday helicopter stunt. Yeah. Removal of the feet. Just mm-hmm. stop using helicopters for stunts, people. Mm-mm. It's too dangerous. No. I'll go next. A couple of my favorite stunts. Obviously, the bus ramp in speed. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Even though I feel like it would never have been able to get fast enough to where it would actually ramp off of something. Or, really, I just feel like the... I feel like the more real unrealistic part is the landing. Where it keeps driving. You can get a lot of things fast. Just the entire shape and, like, length of the bus. I just feel like you're never going to get that. Obviously, it was very light and remade for a stunt purpose, but still, it looked fucking great in that movie. I feel like the axle just was snapped in half. No, it's insane. It's the greatest. It's fucking amazing. Also, I definitely need to mention probably the greatest, well, one of the greatest fire stunts of all time, fucking Friday the 13th Part 7, where Kane Hodder does a 45-second full body burn. Oof. (laughs) <laughs> yeah as we previously uh, I loved it I watched that documentary with him and he was like now that may not sound like a long time to you but I just want you to count to 45 and then just think about being on fire that entire time <laughs> <laughs> and it's like don't even count by seconds just count to 45 <laughs> like it doesn't even have to be 45 seconds that you're counting that's too long so yeah it looked fucking insane I mean and Obviously, when the stunts go that hard, like, it shows on film. Like, it's super impressive. That's why it goes down as, like, one of the best fucking body burns ever. We could pretty much list the entire movie of Triple X, minus the stunt where the dude got killed. (laughs) It's one of those movies where they actually did just do an exposition of just, just 100 stunts, and they were able to frame a movie around it well enough that it made money and got a sequel. Well, I mean, there are big, like, uh... Ver- there are a variety of stunt categories. Yeah. I mean, if you're just there's going m- car stunts alone... They go off a bridge with that well, car. <laughs> there's uh, Blues Brothers. Yeah. Lots of car shit in that. The Mad Max series. <laughs> just all of it. Yeah, all of it. <laughs> oh, the fucking... The flipping over of the fucking semi-truck in... Dark Knight. Dark Knight Rise... Or the Dark Knight. Yeah, not Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. The one with Joker in it. Yeah, they flipped over that goddamn semi face first like it's fucking impossible to make that happen like it was insane what they had to do to make that happen but the fact is it happened i think cheats wasn't gonna go (laughs) no cheats isn't allowed now this one seems like chump change in comparison to like the other car ones we're mentioning a lot of these came after this but i was trying to think of it before the podcast in um 
Nightmares, like the anthology, that's the one that has uh, like Bishop of Battle in it with Emilio Estevez. Mm-hmm. There's the one called The Benediction that has uh, Lance Henriksen. And that's the whole thing. Is like he's getting chased by a like demon truck. And there's a point where like he thought he has escaped it on the highway, and then it just flies up, ramps completely from underground in between the lanes, and starts chasing him again. I don't remember. Did it actually have this, or did we just say it was like the Hellbilly Express or something like that? I think that's what we called it. Okay. But... I remember us talking about it in the podcast, but I just don't remember exactly what we said about it. Well, if it had been made in 2000, it would have been set to Hellbilly Deluxe. <laughs> and directed by Rob Zombies. Yes. Oh, but there's also, you know, there's fire stunts, uh, fighting stunts. You gotta go with the fucking raid, just like the entire movie. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah. Raid 2. <laughs> cruise Control. Yeah, Raid 2, Cruise Control. <laughs> um, would, would Raid 2 be called Bruise Control? No. That, I like it, though. <laughs> No, we're not talking about anything related to that movie we're not talking about. So we already brought up Speed. Well, we, we, that's not what you're talking about, though. We're not talking about Speed. We're talking about a different movie that doesn't exist. So anyways, um, so far as um, fighting choreography stunt stunts are concerned, Atomic Blonde. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That movie is just pure ass beating. Oh, and, and there's, there's a lot of car stunts in it, too. Yeah. There's so much fun stunts in that. But, like, the, like, mind-blowing ones are them fighting, like, all up and down an apartment building, just hurling each other downstairs, fucking oh, the literally yeah. whipping each other's asses with toasters and shit. Like, fucking badass fighting. Oddly enough, none of us mentioned the uh, category of Tom Cruise. Dude, I was going to say, <laughs> can we just say Tom Cruise? Just mention Tom Cruise, <laughs> that he exists. I, like, I was waiting for us to be done so I could say that. Like, is Tom Cruise just American Jackie Chan? We didn't mention Jackie Chan! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no. a... The reason I say that is because Jackie Chan has charisma and, like, a person... Hold let me finish. I know that. I'm saying, <laughs> with, with his, like, co-workers, like, other people like him, while other people with Tom Cruise, it's just like, Tom Cruise just, like, shows up, it's like, don't talk to me, and just, like, does the stunt and then leaves. Yeah, well... Stunt life, man. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Not on-screen charisma, Steven. Oh, I see. Yeah. You mean he's just a human. You're right. Jackie Chan's a human. <laughs> like, But Tom Cruise is not. He's a machine. Oh, he's a Scientologist. <laughs> but who runs better? Hey. Who runs better, though? Yeah. Jackie Chan's a little more than human. <laughs> yeah. He's a little bit higher than human. Yeah, he's right he's above. He's a legend. <laughs> but he has had more concussions than what is allowed by law. And also, all of his extremities have been broken multiple times. He's holding it together. No, I mean, he's still yeah. alive. He's yeah, walking well, I mean, around. Mentally, I'm saying that... Oh, yeah. yeah. He's alive. Yeah. He's still he's still active. The CTE hasn't gotten him yet. Yeah. He hasn't gone full Chris Benoit at this point. Of course, there are a billion... Like, we could just mention anything you see on wrestling. Oh, well, yeah. Like, professional wrestling is just a continuous stream of outrageous fucking stunts. That really happen, and most of the time end up really injuring the fuck out of somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, rest in peace to all the dead-ass wrestlers that should still be alive, but they're not. So yeah, stunts are awesome. Yeah, stunts are badass, and uh, today we're going to talk about a movie that, this might be the most stunts I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> it, might, it could have the record. And maybe the most by done by one guy or something like that. So welcome to Motion Picture Meltdown. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen the Rose Rosenberg. Phil the Kill Collins. Cheats the Streets McGee. And D-Hart. And D-Hart, you picked a couple of blind picks for us this week. Yeah, I was expecting the question to be, is it a rock? <laughs> and uh, do like a little game show thing, but it turns out everything's a rock. If you look hard enough. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> is it a rock? <laughs> yes. But, uh, we've got a... Stunt Rock, which we've been talking about stunts, and there's Murder Rock. Which, uh, I mean, there's murder. I murder don't know. <laughs> murder Disco, but, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, Murder Disco <laughs> is not Murder Rock. Yeah. I'm, afraid, I'm afraid. In the broad sense of, like, of rock. Thing, of music's evolving I mean, over if time. You're, if you're talking about rock as a genre of music, the wide genre, yes. this is rock. Because, uh, you know. You're right. <laughs> God damn it. One of these days, somebody's going to show me a fucking, uh, you know, a tree of how all the genres work. It's like we're going we're gonna to get all the way down to fucking acid hillbilly bluegrass. I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> I just want to know where, like, I, I want to stop being corrected on music genre bullshit. 
It's like, well, that's not really alternative. It's like, fuck you. Who gives a shit? I'll fight everybody in this school. Technically correct is the best correct, right, Cheats? Yes. Yeah, that's why I, that's why I want this chart. It's God only, damn it. It's only technically the best. <laughs> Which is the best kind of best. So, anyways, we go chronologically ordered. Yes? No? Sure. Sure, since we've already been talking about stunts. Yeah. Yep, makes sense. We'll segue directly from stunts to more stunts. Alright, the IMDb synopsis for Stunt Rock from 1978 is While working on a TV show in Los Angeles, famed Australian stuntman Grant Page helps an up-and-coming fantasy-themed rock band develop special effects and dangerous stunts for their act. The rock band being Sorcery. Yes. <laughs> I want to re-explain this poorly, how I explained it to someone else, mm-hmm. which was, I was like, I just watched a movie, and they're just like, well, what'd you watch? I was like, well, I watched Stunt Rock. They're like, what's it about? I'm like, I just sighed, and I was like, all right, so real stuntman Grant Page plays a fictional version of himself who goes to America to hang out with his supposed cousin, who is part of a, a fantasy rock band called Sorcery, who's playing a fictionalized versions of themselves. And he stars in a movie with a famous Dutch actress who's playing a fictionalized version of, the, of herself. And then there's a reporter, and then he, they cut me off and just like, is she a fictionalized version of herself? I'm like, no, that's an actual actor. <laughs> it's very confusing. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, like, this is just a hangout movie. It's just people hanging out. Yeah, you, you said it was a movie, but I would more or less classify it as something that would be on the TV while you're at a bar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And would you not watch that on the TV while you're at the bar? The answer is fucking yes, goddammit, yeah. you sure as shit would. Sure, yeah. It's a weird mixture. It's like 5 to 10% narrative, about 30 to 40% stunt documentary, and the remaining is all just performance of this band. Which involves some stunts, but mostly just close-up magic. 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 <laughs> God damn it. That's a forever meme on this podcast, though. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, I didn't know about this band, and they're, they're not around anymore. But, like, I would have loved to have seen them in concert. They're just an all, like, fantasy-themed band named Sorcery, and all of their songs are also have, like, some sort of story to them. I think it's, like, four or five people in the actual band, like, playing music. And their live performances was, they had, and this is important from the Wikipedia page, <laughs> two master magicians, mm-hmm. who one dressed as Merlin, one dressed as Satan, who then battle each other with magic tricks on stage to the music Mm -hmm. and then they just do their own like different like illusions and pyrotechnics and things like that yeah it's like a 1970s version of a monomarth (laughs) right (laughs) like how awesome would that be to see yeah it would be awesome to see unless you were thinking you were going to see a movie (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) we we were discussing this while watching it is like if the band is like 20 percent better it this would, would be like an all-time classic movie. Yeah, it would go over so fucking well. Like, so there's a few songs that are so good, but they're just right on the edge of being like a, like catchy enough to be like a hit, and those would go great on an album with a hit. Yeah. But but then there's a few songs that are just plain fucking boring, and they're obviously like, well, it's just the same four chords, and we just keep saying sacrifice must be made or whatever the fuck they're saying and then they just keep saying it until the fucking magic's done. Yeah. It would just like six, seven minutes. There are a lot of long bridges in yeah. these songs <laughs> to ac- uh, accommodate these uh, yeah. bits that like, they're doing. Well, uh, guys, we're just gonna solo for a minute. Uh, 15? Who cares? As much as I agree that I wish this was more of an actual movie, yeah, it doesn't lie to you. The movie is called Stunt Rock and it delivers on both of those things throughout. I disagree with you. I think the title does lie to you because the movie is called Stunt Rock and there's stunt and there's rock, but it's not called like Stunt Magician's Rock or Magician Stunt Rock or something like that because there's a lot of magician stuff in this. There's almost an equal amount. There's exactly as much magician shit as there is rock. Yeah, exactly. Oh, 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 wait, wait, just a minute. Hold on. If you put magic in the title, People are not going to go see it. It's true. (laughs) He's right. You want people to see rock and stunts. And there's not going to be some magic in there, but we're not going to tell you about that until you've bought your ticket. But (laughs) they will go see it if you put the word wizard in it. King, stunt rock, colon, king wizard. Or wizard king. There it is. Or stunt rock, Merlin versus Satan. (laughs) People will totally go see that. 
and be a much more accurate title. But that's fine. It's not as though the title is saying it's got stunts and rock only, and that's all. And and, and I don't think I was really disappointed to find that there was magic in it. It's not like it pulled one over on me. But it does have a crazy amount of fucking magic in it. And just shitloads of pyrotechnics and... Yeah, it is... Again, it's basically half live show. Like, that's that's half the fucking movie. Rather than pulling one over on you, it more or less pulled one out of its hat. Oh, oh, did it! Did it pull one out of its hat, Steven? <laughs> movie starts off with an exposition about this one specific trick that he's, like, gonna do. And he's basically gonna fucking slingshot himself off a cliff. But while he's just simply gonna be holding the rope that's slingshotting. So there's nothing... Like, harnessing him to this rope. He just has to hold on with his fucking fingers. Yeah, a lot of this stuff, when it first starts off, it's like, he's ziplining. It's like, he's not wearing a harness. This is all stuff that you could do at, like, certain vacation locations, but but he's over not a, got any safety equipment. Less <laughs> less of a cliff and with safety equipment. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's you know, doing like, all this you're without... You're ziplining more or less, uh, let's say, at a... Uh, uh, it's almost straight down, not quite. <laughs> right. He's basically uh, falling off a cliff on a rope. Well, he does do holding that. Holding on for dear life. He does that, do that one when he's on fire. <laughs> yes. That's the straight down drop. <laughs> That's the flying fox spinning fucking flaming what have you. I don't remember what the fuck it was called, but it was a combination of two stunts. Anyway, yeah, he just hucks himself off a cliff with a... He, Wiley Coyotes himself, actually, would be a good way to put it. This whole movie. But this specifically, it seems like... Uh, Totally a Wile E. Coyote thing. And he somehow holds onto this fucking rope, which is being launched, like, forward with enough force to just fling him so far, and he just holds onto it. Well, he knows how strong his uh, grip strength is. Which is... He's very confident of, like, it's like, I know I can do this. Yeah. So, therefore, this is safe for me. <laughs> right, I can, I can do this. There's no danger. I wouldn't be doing it if there was. <laughs> Which is the funniest fucking line he keeps saying it. It's like, yeah, uh, yes there is, asshole. <laughs> like, I don't fucking care how strong your fingers are. You could definitely accidentally not grip something as much as you should have been at exactly the right time and just fucking fall and die. You probably won't. It's like when Tom Cruise tells the other actors that he's qualified to do the helicopter piloting through the tiny canyon, but they're not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because he's an asshole. <laughs> but he knows he could do it, and he and does. He does. Yeah. He's not dead. Therefore, he was right. <laughs> he, you're not wrong, Tom Cruise. You're just an asshole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's an asshole who's going to space to shoot a movie. <laughs> By the way, this is happening. <laughs> Fuck yes. Like, it's not that they just are has suggested it's going to happen and they're, like, trying to see if it's feasible. No, it's simply happening. Tom Cruise is going to fucking space and he's going to shoot a movie while he's there. Basically by himself. <laughs> I'm going to Mars to shoot my next, next movie. <laughs> no, he's going to go to space and he's going to be like, I have control over everything. Like, There's no law here. I am the law. <laughs> Dude, he's gonna lose his goddamn mind. He's not. He's not sound enough of mind to go to space. The space man. Honestly, <laughs> space dimension. <laughs> Honestly, nobody could say shit to him after he went to space to film a movie. Dude, when he get, he gets back, everyone else can fuck off forever. Period. Especially other actors. Forever! It's, it's like, I have a pretty impressive resume. Oh, okay, well, did you film a movie in space? Did you do a stunt in space? You didn't? Okay, well, fuck off. Oh, uh, by film a movie, I mean I actually operated the cameras and shit, too. <laughs> like, I did everything. By myself. And I was in the movie. And I'm a fucking famous actor. And fuck you. <laughs> oh, did you, uh, did you survive the re-entry G-forces? Huh? Did you? I didn't think so. Just me and, like, 40 other astronauts. <laughs> or however the fuck many. I fucking love it. Oh, unbelievable. Phil, I know that you saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Did this stuntman give you any vibes of uh, Brad Pitt's character in that? Like, I kind of felt like his character was kind of based on this Grant... What's this guy's name? Grant Page. Grant Page guy. It, it does give me those vibes, but in my mind, I'm just like, maybe this is just stuntman. <laughs> it probably yeah. is. Because, I mean, it's such a specific thing. I mean, you could get together 10 people from any, you know, profession, and they're going to have some stuff in common, but Stuntman is so niche. Like, you have to be a very specific person to do this. 
And I feel like this is the guy. It's that fucking Brad Pitt character who's like, oh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll challenge Bruce Lee to a fight. <laughs> right, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to whip his ass. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's going to try to fight me, and I'm just going to slam him into a fucking car. <laughs> like a goddamn wrestler. Fucking amazing. Man. I know we're not talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but what a goddamn cop-out to have them do a, a best to three and then have them stop once both of them have a point. And it's like, you fuckers. Like, just say Brad Pitt can fight Bruce Lee and win, or just say he can't. The gauntlet has been thrown. Anyway, so, the reason we're talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is because this movie's really barely a movie. (laughs) Which we've said multiple times. I don't mean that in a mean way, to be honest, which is, like, the first time ever I've said that on the show. Yeah. It's, It's an hour and 40 minutes or whatever of just kicking ass and magicians and a dude in a gimp mask who has a crazy orco voice and just... Just crazy shit. This is roughly how the movie goes. So, Grant Page does a stunt. And then he's like, I'm going to go to America. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to America. And he gets off a plane. Then we have a full song of sorcery in the studio. Mm-hmm. Then Grant Page is like, I can help you do some tricks. Then we have a full song of them doing a stage performance. Mm-hmm. Then we have Grant Page shooting a movie. Mm-hmm. Then we have a full song from a stage performance. Okay, uh, I need to correct you a little bit, Cheats, because... In those two breaks, where it's like, now they're doing a, a full song and a stage performance. They do two. Every time that they have a stage performance. And interweaved in here is, like, him explaining stunts, too. Yeah. And, because, like, <laughs> the two other things that go on that actually have any sort of narration to this is Grant Page is hanging out with this reporter that they, like, go on some dates and things. And when I say they go on dates, I mean, it doesn't really show you. It just kind of, like, implies and, like... You know, it's like they're hanging out and stuff. And he, like, gives her stuff and she's doing a story on him. And then the Dutch actress that that I mentioned earlier, I can't remember her name. Mm -hmm. Literally the only person in the movie whose name I can remember is Grant Page right now. Is, like, her whole thing is supposed to be that she wants to do her own stunts. And the studio that she she is working for won't let her. So we get just the, like, director being an asshole to her agent. And then being assholes to her agent. And that just repeats. No one likes the fucking agent. Fuck that guy. He's an asshole. No. And then... But he's not wrong. No. (laughs) He's not. Kinda. That's basically it. That's the movie. We'll have, like, two full songs. And then, like, there's, like, a party. And they talk about the fact of just, like, she wishes she could do her own stunts. And Grant Page is like... I'll help you out. And then there's some dude who has no bearing on anything who just, like, is chained up and throws himself in a pool after being like, I can escape. <laughs> and just like, well, good luck. Yeah. It's just more excuse to have more up-close magic. Like, that's all there is to it. Like, it's just like The Time Travelers where it's a movie ostensibly about science fiction, but we go back in time and then we just watch them do up-close magic for 40 minutes. And then they blow up a rocket. I would wager that... We didn't even need any dialogue in this movie. We're close to a just pure documentary, honestly. At the end, it credits a documentary, but uh, on IMDb, that documentary isn't released until 11 years later. So I'm thinking it was done, but not released. Yeah, something. Or like, half done, yeah. and this is what they had, and they're like, we don't know if we're ever going to finish this fucking thing. And then they finally did some at some point. Which happens to a lot of documentaries, because sometimes... You get halfway through doc- making a documentary and you're just like, fuck, this documentary is not about what we thought it was. We have to fucking fix this. And then, you know, then sometimes nothing happens or sometimes whatever. You, you get a crazy cool movie that has jack shit all to do with what you were going to do in the first place. The bits with, like, Grant showing him, like, do his stunts, the thing is, like, all of the things that Grant Page does in the movie, like, he actually did. And all the, like, somewhat documentary things are, like, clips from, like, other, like, movies he was in or, like stunts that he actually like did in australia so it's like if not for the parts that are like there's like a fictional story here this almost could be like a like a behind the music kind of thing or just being like you know here's some stuff from it and then we'll talk to these people for a little bit it almost seems like it didn't need to be a fictionalized story story is used loosely there so basically the arc is that first the reporter it's kind of like off-put by the whole culture of stunts and his whole attitude toward it. She's like super afraid all the time. She thinks he's going to die at any moment. Finally, he just agitates her enough by doing stunts in front of her repeatedly until she just gives up. And then eventually she comes around and is like, actually, you know what? The article I was going to write was going to be like, this guy's fucking nuts. Stunts are fucking crazy. Fuck all of this. And then she changed her mind and she's going to write an article about rock and roll stunt 
magic. And she's going to call it Stunt Rock. Just like the movie, guys, right? Like this movie we're watching? It's great. Since we've gone through most of the movie and we haven't mentioned it, uh, the director is Brian Trenchard-Smith, who uh, listeners of the podcast would know from Turkey Hunt. Turkey Shoot. Turkey Shoot. Turkey Shoot. Which is the movie where we got a wolf man, (laughs) we got tractors running people's heads over. Yeah. All kind of crazy shit. Yeah, it was basically just... uh, Mm -hmm. Most dangerous game again. Exactly. Uh, there's a good quote about Brian Trenchard Smith from uh, Quentin Tarantino. It's like, if you don't like Brian Trenchard Smith, then fuck you. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, that makes me think that this definitely had some influence on both Death Proof and uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Well, yeah. I mean, this movie is obviously almost only stunts, but Turkey Shoot had a crazy shitload of them as well. Just like impressive weird things. That it had. So yeah. Um, really not much else to talk about with this movie. If you, if you like wizards fighting Satan. And you can't quite tell who's the good guy. With Satan or the or the king wizard king. Is it Satan? No it's Prince of Darkness. Sorry. There is one part I think I need to mention. And that was when Grant Page is walking down the street. With the other guy. And he just fingers some dude's butthole. While he's walking down the street. Yeah. I, I actually <laughs> thought of that earlier. And I was like do I mention this? <laughs> Because I don't know if that guy just got his butthole fingered. Like, if he was even part of the movie at all. I thought that was a lady. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't know if it was a guy or a girl because it didn't turn around and it was a quick shot. But somebody got their, their finger in their ass. <laughs> yeah, they were just walking down the street and some person was bent down like looking at some magazines or something. And they just decided to finger their asshole. Why is it always about fingering assholes with you, Steve? <laughs> with me? You always talk about it. <laughs> yes. It's always about buttholes. Look, when you have a very thick butthole... It changes your perspective. Just leave him alone, Cheats. You don't have to worry about getting it fingered on the street, Cheats. Somebody tried to finger Steven's butthole once. He just turned around and laughed. Well, maybe I do, because I don't have the thick butthole to protect myself. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, moving on to the much more movie movie. Murder Rock. Dancing Death. I mean, Dancing Death would have been a better name, because Murder Rock... I don't know what the fuck that is. If anybody out there can tell me what the fuck a Murder Rock even is... If it's supposed to literally be talking about the fact that... it's when you pick up a rock and you bash somebody's fucking brains in it. Yes. I wonder if that's just like a translation (laughs) error or something. I think it was a uh, more of an exploitation move. It's like, hey, uh, dancing... (laughs) Dancing's not as over as rock and roll is. Right. Yeah, I mean, you call it murder rock, that's kind of like, well, I mean, I don't know what the fuck that is, at least. Maybe it'll be interesting. Then you add Dancing Death to the I, end I of it. I think like, Dancing oh. Death was the original title, and they added on Murder Rock. Yeah, that sounds... It's possible. Since it's two titles, that makes sense to me. <laughs> we should mention that this is a Lucio Fulci movie. If you... if I mean, I guess. It's an Italian movie. It's sort of a Lucio Fulci movie. <laughs> right. The owner of a prestigious New York ballet school that's definitely not in Italy teams up with a male model to solve a series of bizarre murders of a few of the students. Well... I guess we just couldn't possibly make it all the way through one whole episode with two real plot synopses. <laughs> That's not even, like, remotely correct. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's fucking fake. That is a wrong plot. That might be what they want you to think it's about. But it ain't. Nobody's teaming up with anybody. Everybody's at odds in this. There's nothing about that explanation. That is right. So the movie starts off with an audition, like, dance practice thing. And they're all fucking dancing their asses off to the fucking sweating of the oldies. Dude, it goes on for like ten minutes. <laughs> it's so fucking long. <laughs> I think it was at least six minutes, and I like checked the timestamp, and I was like, "Yeah, we're still." We're, That's we're an still, entire opening credits. Yeah, we're still in the dancing. So when I started this movie, Brandy was sitting up with me and like kind of halfway watching it too, and she saw Lucio Fulci like his name come up on the screen, and she was like. Oh, there's going to be eye stuff in this, isn't there? And I was like, yeah, probably. Which, you know, we'll talk about. But uh, I thought that was funny that, you know, she's not, you know, your typical Italian horror fan. But she recognized Pulci. It was just like, there's going to be fucking eye stuff in this. His name is synonymous with eye trauma. Yeah. And then, like, ten minutes into this, like, dance session, she's like, why is this still happening? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, wait, are they still just dancing? Yup. We're just dancing. And it's not the only one. Oh yeah, this happens multiple times in the movie. This is the foreplay to the actual titties we're going to get later. But, you know, 
I'm not mad at dancing titties, but also <laughs> let's 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 move on. We're we got, we're on a movie here. We're talking. We're watching a movie. Let's have some movie. Okay. The uh, practice is over. The uh, teacher of this class, uh, word from the higher ups, whoever they may be. It's like, oh, we we only need three of them. It's like, well, three? That's not good enough. There's all of them. There's like 40. <laughs> it's like, well, no, we're moving it up. We only need three. Yeah, they've so, got a tighter uh, deadline. They're going to do a smaller show. It's three fucking dancers, and that's all they're taking. So they're like, uh, do I tell them that? So one couple sticks behind to work on their dance moves, which is uh, making out in the locker room. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> the guy leaves. It's like, hey, I'm going to go take a shower. He's like, I'm going to go shower in the male locker room, I guess. I guess. I'd say if you're making out in a locker room, why not just go shower? You can go shower together. Yeah, what the fuck? You're already yeah. there. <laughs> you're right there. But of course, if they're showering together, then she can't be alone with her titties out. Yeah. For the killer. Yeah, but why would you ever go shower where like the light is just strobing, basically? Well, okay, so this thing <laughs> is not a thing. <laughs> like this is fucking this is just Italian movie making where they're just like, hey, wouldn't it be weird if just it went pitch black every two seconds and then bright as fuck and then pitch black? It's like this isn't the th you know how dangerous it would be? Yeah. They made the announcement, we're closing the doors in fifteen minutes. You better get to the exit if you fucking can. <laughs> And, like, for the last 15 minutes, it's just a guy sitting there by the fucking light switch turning it on and off. <laughs> Obviously, it's not a light switch because it's every light in the whole goddamn building is strobing like this. He's at the fuse box. Yeah, he, he's at the... <laughs> <laughs> it's dangerous as fuck! This is supposed to be a security measure, and it's going to make you definitely trip over something. Yeah. But, um... So that's happening. It's very stylized and cool for the movie, but it's totally silly and would never happen in real life. Also, they're like, this is just a dance school, and they're like, the doors will be electronically sealed after 15 minutes, and then you'll all suffocate. And it's like, what the fuck is this? And then the killbots come out and fucking start murdering. Right. Exactly. It's gonna be it's chopping gonna be either chopping mall or it's gonna be fucking relic where the door like the doors to this museum slam shut and just fire goes everywhere. It's like this is the dangerous, most craziest shit. This isn't a thing. It's not a thing. Security does not come before human lives. Period. <laughs> Fuck. Anyways. Mm, are you sure about that? <laughs> not officially it doesn't, anyway. There's no protocol where it's like kill everyone just because they were there too late. I would understand at a museum, but this is a, this is a dance school. Look, maybe these security measures belong in a museum. <laughs> but they definitely don't belong in this. This is where you get the first kill of the movie, which, you know, of course is like a... It's kind of stylized. It's like the camera shoots back from her face and you see like a chloroform rag on a hand like cover her face in a, in a very Dario Argento style way. Yeah, it's a chloracam. The killer uses this hairpin... Like, of course, because it has to just close up of her left tit, because of the heart, for like two minutes. Yeah. It just keeps zooming in, basically. And it's like, the beginning of this kill feels like Fulci. You're like, okay, we're going to see some crazy shit here. It's going to be like New York Ripper, where we're going to see some like razor blades come down over the nipples, or like yeah. some weird, weird shit that he does in his movies. But it's actually, it's almost like Fulci started this, and then halfway through the scene there, they like paused it and had Fulci leave and then brought somebody else in to direct the rest of the shot. When it first started, uh, we saw her, you know, get poked with a, this pin. You think, oh, was that supposed to have killed her? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> because I, I, I thought that maybe, like, this guy just got off on, like, poking poking boobs. Well, because it's a uh, Lucio Fulci movie, we everyone, I think, was expecting, like, oh, so this is going to be nipple trauma. Like, he's going to say that the nipple is the eye of the titty. <laughs> Which it is, but... <laughs> the eye of the titty. Yeah. No, I mean, 100%. That's why I'm like, yeah, this this needle's going straight down that nipple. I can't remember. I put it on my Plex account, but I think the Plex description said something about, like, nipple clamps or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't look at it. But no, like, all that happens is just, like, the needle is... I mean, it zooms in a lot on, on the entire tit, of course. It, like, it jabs up underneath the boob, like, it's supposed to be, like, in between the ribs into the heart. And then, like... That's it. And one, that's not where your fucking heart is. And two, <laughs> this needle, they show how long it is. It doesn't go in deep enough to get anywhere near anything. It no. wouldn't have even hit her ribs. No. There's yeah. meat there. It almost feels like 
he made this specifically to get banned in Britain. Yeah, it's like... Because that was one of the video nasty rules. No, no blood on boobs. And that's all there is. It's just like one little bitty trickle of blood at each of these murder scenes. Yeah. Blood on boobs only. Yeah, only. So, obviously, banned in uh, the UK, I'm guessing. Why, why this movie doesn't have 15 titles. <laughs> they come to investigate, and yeah, she's dead because she's still laying there with all the people standing around her, all the corners and what have you, and everybody's taking pictures. And There seem to be an un- unusual number of photographers at this particular murder scene. I think we're all a little bit interested in getting that titty photo. <laughs> it's like it's only got a little blood on it. I can, just, I can still jerk off to this. Dude, what is up with the cameras that the fucking cops use? Because, I mean, this movie came out in, like, 83, and as far as, like, these cameras go, like, I don't know enough about cameras to say anything on this. But I will say that every time the cops are using anything, they have, like, a camera for the time, and then, you know, they have the light on it. It, like, gets so bright, it washes out the screen completely, and then it goes dark. And every time it does this, it also just, wah, 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 just, that is the fucking sound it's making. What are these cameras? They're just cameras cheats. That's how all Italian cameras work. <laughs> Philip obviously being the camera scientist. Here. I actually think that it didn't have that light didn't have anything. I don't think it had anything to do with the cameras. I think they just continued the strobing that was earlier in the movie. They did it again later, and like the, the like toward the last scene, without like explaining what happens in it, they had the same thing with the cameras and did the same light effect again. Yeah. No, I mean it, they're acting like it's a normal thing, but the, just the yeah. same way there's no such thing as a. The building will be locked down in 15 minutes. It's time for 900 cameras for fucking light strobes. These just aren't things. Like, these are merely stylizations. And you just kind of have to let them go, unfortunately. Um, I thought I kept thinking the same thing. I'm like, what the... F-? Like... Okay, so... Uh, there's even there's even lights in her apartment when there's no... Like, she's just in her apartment. And there's still strobing lights somewhere. Like, they're not in her apartment, but they're coming from all the windows and shit. So, do we go from this murder to the second murder, or do we have the dream in between these? It was the second murder. Uh, the dream is between. Are you sure? I thought it was, I thought it was the second murder and then the dream. I mean, it, it's hard to say, because yeah, there's, well, there's several murders. The and... lead up to the second murder makes me think that this is not just your regular dance school, but more of an erotic dance school. <laughs> this is like your uh, showgirls dance school. Yeah. Thrust! So- Thrust! <laughs> this is clearly a riff on Flashdance, because she's getting water sprayed on her yeah. from unknown origins. <laughs> yeah, she's got like unknown this, uh, origins. <laughs> she's got on this uh, this costume that just shows the top of her crack. <laughs> yeah. And uh, There's so literally goes, a crack window. She goes home, she sees a cigarette in the ashtray, and is like, who's here? And it's the, uh, the boyfriend from the first Willie. murder. Yes. This guy... It's there are so many red herrings in this movie. I mean, there's more red herrings than there's anything. It's like, it's almost like Cheese's complaint about the last movie not mentioning magic in the title. Yeah, like (laughs) it should be called Murder Rock: The Red (laughs) Herring. The red herrings are funny too because it's like the way that they're presented in the movie is like you know that's just kind of a thing with like Fulci or like. You know, certain other movies we've seen that are Italian movies where it's just like, is this person the killer? Or maybe this person's the killer. But this movie tries so hard with the red herrings, it's just like, that person is definitely not the killer. Yeah. <laughs> and it does that for multiple people. And everybody's acting erratic as fuck. Like, especially Willie loses his goddamn mind right around here. I know. He goes, nearly. <laughs> <laughs> You son of a bitch. Yeah, I believe during the movie, uh, Phil said that uh, they were painting the town red with Harry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's everywhere. Yeah. You want to be. So, uh, he leaves after their, their conversation. He's, but he was acting very crazy. But, you know, that's part of the course. But there's, uh, still a cigarette. The cigarette's burned all the way down. It's like, hey, did you take back up smoking? But he's not here anymore. Yeah, he's gone. Now Someone it's only the killer. <laughs> Which could have been anybody. Because it's in, Italy, in and they're like, yeah, we smoke. All of us do. Everybody smoked in 1984. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Everyone in the planet. In Italy, you were basically born with a cigarette in your mouth. Yeah, they slap you so that you open your mouth, and then they stuff a <laughs> cigarette in there. Yeah. yeah, so she hears the bird being murdered, and she reacts very slowly. She hears the actual death throes of her fucking bird, and she's just like... But my bird, 
I wonder what's happening. <laughs> it could be anything. And then she goes I in guess there I'll to get just murdered herself. Stand here and wait. Uh, you see the bird got like a little. Uh, <laughs> it looks like a bird kebab. <laughs> yep. I need a bird kebab. <laughs> I was gonna say you've had kebab. I mean, I guess I have technically. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, the thing that kills me also is like with her reacting so slowly, like like Philip was just saying, like anyone who has pets knows the sound of pet mischief. Mm-hmm. You could have fucking like music blaring, like listening to something, but the moment you hear even like a little bit of it, you're just like, "What the fuck's that?" And, like you know something's up, and she's just like, "Man, that's weird." I hope my bird's not dying. And then half an hour passes. I should go check on my bird. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it seems my bird has stopped tweeting in distress and has now just fallen silent. I wonder what that means. It reminded me it was a deep red where the the birds were like, did they die? I don't remember. Something happened. They were acting like mischief was afoot. And the woman, maybe this is an Italian thing. Like the woman's just like, huh? What's going on with my birds? Better trek through the house where there's fucking dolls hanging by nooses everywhere. Yeah. Also, <laughs> Philip laughing at me because I said like an idiot, I don't know, something happened. Like, no shit, something happened. <laughs> yeah, of course. My, my whole feeling through this movie was that it was like a a less well-put-together Argento movie. Yeah, it also shifts gears like halfway through. You know, one thing I thought was that it was oddly clear, which is, is never the case with the Ajala movie. Which, that's what this one is. It's just a, your standard jello. But you can actually figure this one out. In fact, like the second that we, the second that the plot point was like, uh, identified, is like, oh, well, that person's the killer. And this is the guy that caused her to become like this. <laughs> Let me ask you this, though. In jello movies where there's tons of boobs, is would you classify that as like a subgenre called jello jigglers? <laughs> hey Woo! <laughs> Guess you guys don't remember the Jello molds that were extremely popular in the nineties. Yes, Jello jigglers. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen just looks extremely exasperated, and Cheats is literally a witness protection program. So I have no fucking clue what he's doing. Oh, makes me God damn it! Do we just say like who the killer is then for this right now? Because I feel like I need to do that for like what I want to complain about. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter. Let's. Let's skip up just a little bit because we haven't talked about the dream sequence. Uh, so uh, the teacher of the school, uh, she has a dream that uh, the killer is coming at her with a hat pin. And it's some guy. And you can see his face clearly. It's not like the usual, like, uh, if you were being taunted by a killer in your dreams, you might not see them right away. But this is a, you know, full view of uh, this guy's face and her ass. <laughs> yeah, of course, yep. naturally. She wakes up in a cold sweat and is like, I need to tell somebody about this dream. And then she spots the guy on a billboard. It's like, oh, I need to find that guy because I think he's a killer. Yeah, I dreamed this guy who I see on my morning commute every goddamn week on a huge billboard. And now he's the murderer. He must be. <laughs> By now, if, if you're a critical thinker, you might be starting to understand who the killer might be. Yeah, if... If you've ever seen Shrooms, for instance, (laughs) where somebody keeps having premonitions of having just killed someone, and then when she wakes up from that dream, that person is dead. (laughs) Huh. Like, weirdly, I didn't immediately piece together, like, who the killer was in this, but it it wasn't because, like, I didn't figure it out. It was because I was just like, they wouldn't do that, right? (laughs) Like, it's too obvious. It wasn't obvious. In the 80s. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. We, we have... This is a time when we have seen shrooms. Yeah. We, we've, <laughs> we've, we've seen shrooms in the 90 other movies where this is the fucking same thing. It's like... Yes, so the protagonist is the villain. Yes. Secretly the entire time. A viltagonist. <laughs> which is... I don't know. Did I make that up? Maybe. Or maybe it's always been a thing. Since the dawn of time, Chief. She finds this guy. He's in some sort of, like, extended stay, like, motel kind of thing. Like, you pay by the week or whatever. And, like, she barges in, starts rummaging through his stuff. He comes back just drunk as all hell. And, like, she leaves her purse behind after, like, freaking out and leaving. He finds her and then, like, they, like, start, like, hanging out and, like, going on dates and things like that. And that's kind of what I mean by, like, the movie kind of shifts gears. It went from just, like, dance numbers all the time to just, like... Here's her hanging out with this dude. And of course, as, as we've already said, like, she's the killer. Again, with the obvious, like, red herrings, is like, one of the things that happens is, like, they go on a date to a Chinese restaurant. 
and this dude comes up and he's just like, oh, you know, grab some sticks out of this. I'll tell you your fortune. And like, what is his name? I think his name is George, wasn't it? Uh, does it matter what his name is? I don't know. The the dude that, that she's on dates with, he grabs a couple sticks out of there and the guy's just like, oh, you're a murderer based off this fortune. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, so he's definitely not the murderer yeah. then. Because, like, that's just too obvious. But fortune tellers can't be wrong, Cheats. No, they can't. This is a movie. They're supposed to be right. Technically, he's correct because he murdered her dreams when he hit her with a motorcycle. And as we've discussed. (laughs) Technically, that is the best correct. (laughs) Yeah. But the thing is, though, if we're counting murdering dreams, you can pretty well uh, count basically anything. Oh, I hit 17 bugs on my commute this morning. I'm a murderer now. Like, calm down. Chinese fortune teller me. What if that's everybody's fortune? <laughs> he just sits down, you're both murderers. Everyone in this restaurant is a murderer and I'm gonna burn it down with you all inside. He just walks through and he's like, murderer, murderer, murderer. <laughs> Everybody is a murderer. He just stops at one person. You're cool. Yeah. <laughs> like he just, he looks at them and like he narrows their eyes and he's just like, fringe case. And then just keeps going, just murderer. Oh, you're Definitely. Points to a lady in the back. Victim. (laughs) Oh, you're both. You're a murderer and a victim. Look at that. Not mutually exclusive after all. Murderers murdering the murderless. Okay, so somewhere in here we also get a false confession where uh, another guy at the uh, dance school... It's fucking that Willie dude. Like, he calls, like, the police station on... Like, a payphone. And it's just like, yeah, I can't wait to just start killing some people again. And, like, they do a bunch of stuff to, like, kind of clean it up. And then they bring him in, and the main detective's just like, alright, what do you have to save yourself? Also, the main detective in this cracks me up. I don't know, he's maybe, like, his 50s, he's got, like, facial hair, and he's just, like, not surprised by anything. And he's not, like, so much, like, so sarcastic, he's just a complete asshole. It's just people are just like... Oh, this happened. He's just like, yeah, you think that happened? Oh, what about that? Like, he just. To be he, fair, he's an Italian detective, and he's probably seen fucking everything. Yeah. <laughs> this is the twentieth titty I've seen this morning. <laughs> and he's just like, why'd you kill the people? And the Willie's just like, oh, I did this, and she's Hispanic, and I don't like them, and like he's saying this other stuff. And the detective just beats his ass. He just slaps him like four times. Well, and he tells him to, racist. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> and like tells him to sit down and like slapped him so hard. He's like, I'll break your goddamn leg right here in the police station and get the fuck away with it. You little bastard. And then he's just like, alright, take him out of the room. And then his partner's just like, so that's a killer, right? And the detective's like, no, he's just a liar. <laughs> just He's a liar and I just wanted to whip his ass. Yeah. Guess what? He did whip his ass and he did fucking get away with it. Ooh, dude, he slapped him so hard he fucking made it, like, he was, like, bleeding openly. Yeah, he busted his mouth. Yeah. It was like one of those slapping competitions. Yes. <laughs> it was. Those are hard well, hits. The one that caused the blood is his backhand because he yeah. would go forward, back, forward, back. Yeah. He did it, you know, pa, 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 pa. <laughs> Everybody knows that the uh, the back of a grizzled Italian detective, just the roughest, it's like basically a cheese grater. It's like steel. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well have just fucking billy clubbed his ass. I love D-Hart's name of it, it's just the pa-pa-pa-pa. Yep. <laughs> Hit him with the old back and forth. <laughs> now you have to say it in an Italian voice. Pa-pa-pa-pa! <laughs> I don't know, Which but... Which is the you, same as calling your dad. Look, you guys... <laughs> We keep saying that we're in Italy, but we're not. Yeah, but we are. This is in the United States. This is New York. Yeah, we're filming from a fucking boat. <laughs> the one shot you see that's actually uh, New York, you're on a boat. It's like, oh hey, there's God. the Twin Towers. <laughs> Look at them way over there. All right, so back to Italy now. <laughs> this is another Fulci, like... Italian movies in general, especially yeah. during this era. They were all like, no, we're in New York, obviously. But specifically, Fulci... The ones that we've podcasted anyway. It yes. seems like all the ones we've podcasted. Yeah. Well, they make you pay for permits to shoot there. But if you're on a boat, you don't have to pay. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And if you'll notice, they are always on a goddamn boat when they're shooting in New York. <laughs> well, except for that one time when the, when the zombies were crossing the bridge. But uh, I think that was just a stolen shot. They, yeah. It's like, okay, we can't stop any traffic. We're just going to climb up here and have some the bridge. Yeah. Like, what? what get we, the shot quick. We get, the get the fuck, fuck out, out of there. <laughs> Somebody's going to catch us, and it ain't going to be... It's not going to be cute. 
They don't fuck around. So the movie culminates in like all of the like best girls as dancers have, have been killed. And we're from the teacher, Candace. We're from her point of view. And so like she goes to George's room and she opens the drawer and there's just the needle and like chloroform there. And she's just like, oh my God. So she leaves. She like calls the police, like tells them who it is. And then like she goes to the school. And we get the scene as if, like, someone is, like, following her. Like, the music starts randomly. And then, like, some of the lights that get hit. And then she goes into this one room that's, like, some sort of, like, office. And then the TVs come on and they show, like, video clips from the security cameras of, of the girls who have been killed. Before, like, George comes in because he, he's pieced together what's happened. Because there's a scene where he actually finds the stuff. He's like, oh, shit. And then, like, he starts trying to go after her. So it's, like, if not for the fact that it was so obvious, it's just, like... Oh, is he trying to kill her now? So, like, he comes in, and she's like, you know, it's too late. I've already called the police. They're going to catch you, and then you're going to be imprisoned forever, and, like, this other stuff. And he's just like, Candace, why did you plant this in my drawer? And the entire facade immediately crumbles. She just doesn't even try to argue with him. She's just like, because you ruined my life when you hit me with the motorcycle, uh, and, like, you should suffer and like all this stuff. And then she's like, when they come here, I'm going to be dead. And like, she has the needle, like the, the hair needle in, in her hand. And he like tries to like stop her. And she's like, you can't stop me. And it's just like, she just hits herself in the chest with a needle, which supposedly pierces the sternum mm-hmm. into the heart. And she just, uh, just dead, just on the floor. And so he's just sta- standing there now. And just like, well, well shit. And the cops show up. And they, like, see her, and at first the detective's just like, why'd you kill her? And he's just like, I didn't kill her. George explains basically everything, and the detective's just like, yeah, I already knew you were killing <laughs> Just kidding, we knew you were. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's just like, the whole connection, aside from the fact that, like, they had a photo from the babysitter for one of the kids showing that it was, like, a woman's jacket, because men can't wear women's clothes... <laughs> Otherwise, it's a Brian De Palma movie. She also dropped the detail about the bird. Yes. Because a, a pin was left in the bird. It hadn't been left in the, the girls. And uh, she described the pin. Yeah. Which uh, hadn't been, you know, part of the public record. But also that it had been specifically stabbed into the bird when they found the bird. And she knew that, I mean, she could have described the pin because the pin was in the drawer that she supposedly had found in his place. But she would not have known... That they How, were similar. The condition that they found this specific yeah. bird. Right, that these pins were all the same pin. Which, by the way, there's, there apparently was a scene at some point, they, they must have deleted it, where she just went and bought like 16 of these fucking exact hat pins. Maybe she likes a lot of hats. Yeah. In the same I don't pin? Know, do these pins come with a hat? I don't know. I don't know how hats work in the fucking... Yeah, because the other thing with the bird, too, is that the only people who knew about the hairpin were the detective and his partner, because when they saw that, the detective specifically was just like, stash that so no one else sees it. That's apparently the linchpin. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, pin. Oh, linch hair pin. Happen. Uh, we did completely skip over one of the uh, red herrings, which was the assistant dance teacher, who uh, was going to copycat murder the uh, actual killer. Yeah, but... Uh, but couldn't go through she, it. Yeah, she couldn't manage it. She did chloroform and almost... She did poke a titty, but didn't finish poking it. Yeah, so what's the charges of that look like? Uh, Attempted murder. Well, like when you, whenever you're clearly going to kill somebody, but then you just change your mind. I think it's still attempted murder. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) she didn't get in trouble for it. Yeah. I mean, you can't just chloroform people regardless. Like, she did complete that act. Obviously, there's a charge there, but like, that's what I'm asking. Like, what is the charge, the overall charge there? Assault. Attempted murder. (laughs) They would probably plea it down to just like, Assault. Assault. If nothing else, you definitely get assault. Yeah, you get assault for this. But also, somebody has to give a fuck, and uh, no one does. She might get away with it just because she's the actual murderer. The person she's attacking is the one who was doing the other attack. Yeah. Yeah, she's going to fully get away with it. This was set up as as a red herring earlier in the movie whenever she walked away from the dance practice. She's like, well, evidently I don't get to say anything about what happens around here because I lost this. And she's a fucking... <laughs> yeah, I just hates her, Margie. Because I, I checked a second ago and immediately forgot because nobody's important in this movie. No. But yeah, it's just a fucking sea of red herrings, just like a billion red herrings. The dude who Gloria is friends with, who is like fucking all the students, like comes in and like catches Margie getting ready to kill her and stops. And then neither Gloria nor Dick. Yeah, his name's Dick. 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 Dude. Dick. Dick. Neither one of them might go to the police. Dick is fucking every student in this school. And it just doesn't care. He's like, yeah, of course I am. 
What the fuck are you talking about? This is a dance school. My name's Dick. I have to fuck these girls. I have to. Like, he seems indignant that she would even suggest that this was a bad idea. Yeah. I mean, he has to live up to his namesake. I guess. <laughs> Change your name to fucking something else. Cock, penis. But this one actually does have, like, a somewhat realistic uh, motivation for the killer. And a motivation for who she frames for the murders. <laughs> and in a way, it's well thought out just a little bit as far as, like, that end of it goes. The mystery part. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It, it very well may have, I'm sure it bamboozled many a folk, when it, especially when it was new. Well, I mean, if you're watching these types of movies, you can almost never guess who the killer is. <laughs> right. Because everyone... Because all of them are the killer. And half of them will admit it, even though they're not. <laughs> is that even a red herring anymore when somebody's just like, I am the killer, and then you're just like... Well, no. When you look into the river and it's only red herrings, then none of them are. Like, the whole thing of a red herring is that it's a different color and you can specifically see it. <laughs> like, oh, it's no longer alarming. They're all red. I'm looking for the, I guess, regular herring now? Yeah, so I, I would give it a slight point for for lo some kind of logic. <laughs> Yeah. Where there usually is none. Are you saying this dance school is a school of herring? Oh, it is. It is a school of red herrings. <laughs> and guess what? Dick fucked every one of those herrings. <laughs> yeah, he did. I bet he even fucked Willie. Willie seemed like he'd have been into it. I don't know. Like, I guess I'm just, just disappointed. You know? Yeah, there well, was yeah. no eye shit. There was no gore really at all. There was a lot of titties, which I wasn't disappointed with. I was very pleased. I was expecting at least some wild shit. You yeah, know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Even without the gore. Like, I've probably seen 10 or 11 of Fulci's movies by this point, you know? And granted, some of them are way crazy, like fucking New York Ripper and <laughs> Manhattan Baby. and You know what I mean? And, and obviously yeah. Zombie. But, like, even going into this, was I was just kind of like, okay, well, this is at least going to be crazy and wild, you know? And... Yeah. And I was just so fucking disappointed by the fact that it was just so pretty cookie cutter in comparison to like stuff that we've seen nowadays and very tame. Didn't really give me any of the Fulci shit that normally he does. So I was, yeah, it was super tame. That's a good way to put it. It's difficult to rate movies whenever uh, one of them's, you know, pretty much on a movie. So more of a documentary. But we can rate it on that merit, I think. I mean, you guys had no problem rating Star Wars Holiday Special. So. Yeah, because there was nothing in it. Yes. Hey, would you, uh, hold on a second. Have, have a drink of this beverage. Oh, uh, sorry, you forgot to pour the, the beverage in here. No, I didn't. Tell me about the <laughs> beverage. Yeah, there's nothing. All right, D-Hart, why don't you, uh, why don't you start since you picked the movies? So, uh, <laughs> I would give Stunt Rock high end a fair amount and slight rise to Murder Rock. Those are fair scores, I think. I will duplicate and repeat. Interestingly enough, though, uh, because we always talk about how it's pointless to pick which one you watch again, I'm not sure I'd pick Stunt Rock to watch over Murder Rock. There's an awful lot of titties. <laughs> and uh, it's not a bad example of like a whodunit like Italian movie. It was just disappointing because it was full. Yeah, you, you kind of want him to be violent and absurd well yeah that's the expectation we were this is that's his bread and butter yeah that's like if you go to see a fucking michael bay film and you're like all right i can't wait to turn my brain off eat some nachos and beer it's happening right now you go in there and it's just a duplicate of the notebook and you're like what the fuck is this <laughs> where's the spice buddy <laughs> yeah why is this three and a half hours of just american flags <laughs> <laughs> yes so yeah I probably would watch Stunt Rock again, I think, if I'm watching either one of these. Now that I'm, like, it's just so badass. I mean, you could just leave it on in the background. <laughs> exactly. Uh, at a bar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we end how we began. <laughs> yeah. That's, I'm just gonna, I guess, duplicate those those answers. There's Just copy-paste. There's just nothing else to really say on them. Like, they are what they are, I guess. Like. Murder Rock was disappointing. I guess it was more of a movie in, in comparison to Stunt Rock, but, like... Yeah, yeah like, it's just, just meh. I'm not giving either one of these above each other because I was disappointed in both. Yeah. Like, all the way around. I mean, Stunt Rock was fine. Like, it was fun, but, like, not enough, really, to just keep me, like, into it. Like, yeah, by the third song, I was like, 
come the fuck on. Like, give yeah, me something I don't, here. I don't, <laughs> that's the thing. Is like, And then seven songs later, you were like, just fully done. Yeah. I have a hard time actually rating that one because it's... It wasn't a movie. Well, they're and both. Like, I'm. They're both getting slight rise from me. Um, I guess if I would have to pick one to watch again, like to try and dissect a little bit, it would be uh, Murder Rock. Yeah. Um, to try and find more things that I like about it, like stylistically. But like, I don't really want to watch either of them ever again. No, I agree <laughs> with that. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. No, I definitely would turn this on in the background at a bar or at my stunt. Rock is a shitload of badass stunts. People are on fire about half the This movie. is like you have a party at your house and you're like, you guys want me to just put on something with a bunch of stunts in the background? Yeah. Okay. There's <laughs> even a montage of just old-timey stunts, and it's fucking hilarious. Just like crashing planes into buildings for no reason. Try, fucking Somebody trying to jump a Model T. Yeah. And not jumping it. Well, they, <laughs> it jumped. It just didn't land well. Yeah. <laughs> fucking wheels fell off. <laughs> All of them. Jumping a Model T. (laughs) That very concept is brilliant. It's like, this car is hardly even a car. (laughs) We're going to jump it? This should just tell you how fucking balls to the wall everyone always has been about this kind of shit. Stunts, blowing shit up, crashing things. Yeah, so on that, I'll definitely would have, would rewatch stunt rock but pretty ready for a real movie at this point (laughs) well i got a couple coming next week i got two pieces of feedback one from john christie who's making his way through our backlog he just recently listened to our uh point break episode (laughs) and he said my god why does philip hate point break so much i love that movie well Question asked, question answered. Oh, we haven't beaten this dead dog in a while, have we? You know know what my favorite thing about this discourse is? There's no dog. It's just, it's a pit bull that's been thrown at me. I'm just going to step out of the way and I'm not going to just, I'm not going to, I've addressed it. Listen, you have a listener that is curious, Philip. Why do I hate Point Break so much? Because it's fucking stupid. It has fewer stunts than, than Stunt Rock. It doesn't have... Like, not, not one of these characters makes any sense. None of them. None of them make any sense. Keanu Reeves' character makes no sense. Like, he's been in the FBI for five seconds. And all of a sudden, he's like, first of all, like, the greatest shot ever. And then also, f- fucking in love with this girl after hanging out with her for a week. And also in love with Patrick Swayze after hanging out with him for a week. <laughs> And just, he just loves too much. <laughs> Can't you just let him be who he is? No. He's an FBI agent. He's not allowed to love too much. He is an FBI agent. Didn't say it slow enough, but yeah, he is one. Kind of. Fucking Gary Busey wants 97 meatball subs. Oh, I can relate. Go on, Cheats. My favorite thing about this discourse is the fact that I also said that I don't like Point Break. Yeah. But the difference is I was, I was just like... Man, I don't like Point Break. There are better movies. Well, Philip is just like, and just rages. Well, so because he knows how many people that. fucking love it. Like, I mean, Point Break is like on people's top ten action lists like of all time. Which like, makes no sense. <laughs> it's trash. There is nothing there. It does have a very good fire stuff. Well, yeah. Where they're using the, uh, the gas pumps as like flamethrowers. Yeah. There's a few good stuff. Cool. And it was <laughs> ahead of its time in the way that they shot all of the jumping out of airplane scenes. All the skydiving stuff. But also, who gives a flying fuck? You know, I could go make a video of me skydiving right now. I think the yeah. only way to truly know how Philip feels about this movie is if he gives it a rewind. Yeah, we should do another episode on it. <laughs> Great idea. Or, or we plan to do another one and we just cancel it after he's watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I like this idea. Yeah, except for you already told me, so you fucked up. Yeah. Thanks, John, for number one, listening, and number two, giving us a reason to fuck with Philip. Second piece of feedback, less feedback and more of just uh, some funny texts. A listener, Alyssa, sent me and Phil a list of highlights as she's been going through our backlog of just different things that we've been saying. Yeah, I mean, these are the things she thought were funny. She said quality programming, dudes, so. Some of them I'm like, what the actual <laughs> fuck? Like, what, what were we talking about? Yeah, <laughs> what sometimes could have we been you send me about? things that uh, I've said and it's like, what could I have been talking about at the time? <laughs> <laughs> what, what could this possibly be about? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's the same same here. But like the one thing she said, I do remember was when she talked when I brought up those people that say their name is uh, Billy, but you can just call them Rich. 
Yeah. <laughs> or, like, just have a completely different name that has nothing to fucking do with their actual name. All of the quotes that she said, I was like, I can't, I don't remember this at all. Yeah. And I listen to the show all the time. <laughs> that just shows you how fucking random everything we say actually is. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for the feedback. And if anybody else wants to leave us feedback, they can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, at MPM Podcast, or on Facebook or Instagram at Motion Picture Meltdown. You can also tell your friends about us, and they can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon Music, TuneIn, pretty much any other major podcast platforms out there. If you want to check out some other podcasts from United Cipher, you can check out the Curly Mustache Podcast or Edge of the World Broadcast. You can also go back and listen to older episodes of Talks Over Games, The Anime Alphabet, or music video countdown and lastly check out some podcasts from friends of ours like nerdonomy uh the whiskey reel sorry to waste your time and code yellow a scare actors podcast i've been one of your hosts steven rose rosenberg bill the severed foot collins <laughs> cheats murder mcgee Andy Hunt. and we'll see you next time